Hello, lovely. It's Shauna Lee, and welcome back to the Soul Frequency Show podcast, where we're stepping into the light and raising our frequency together. Each week, we get to return to this sacred space to have conversations about the things we all experience in life, love, health, and career. A space where we, as spiritual beings, having this human experience, can amplify our gifts and remember our truth. The title of this episode is The Unlearning Curve. So it's funny because we are a culture obsessed with learning things. And we seem to think that being in a state of learning new things, right? Adding more knowledge on top of uh, what we already know is praised in a lot of ways. But really, when we talk about the act of remembering our true nature, remembering who we are, we're really talking about a process of unlearning, unlearning the belief sets and the patterns and the, and the, uh, ways of being that aren't really authentic to who we are. So it's more of a subtraction equation than an addition equation, letting the things fall away that no longer resonate, the things that maybe never resonated, but we just weren't aware of it. And my conversation today uh, with my guest, Adam, is really about that. It's about locating your own genius inside feeling confident with that, growing that confidence in who you really are, and being able to use that to impact the world in a positive way. And certainly our guest today has done that. Um, Adam Seahall is committed, deeply committed to helping individuals, companies, and organizations unlearn the beliefs, behaviors, and habits that shield them from discovering their purpose, mission, and course. In his book that we talk about today, Divine Genius, The Unlearning Curve, Adam shares the 13 universal wisdom teachings and the genius process that led to his transformation, discovered on the extraordinary journey that took him from the shores of Santa Barbara, California, to the jungles of Peru. He is passionate about sharing this knowledge and wisdom with the world. Adam's an author, a speaker, a futurist, a social architect, impact investor, an advisor, and conservationist. With three decades as a CEO and serial entrepreneur, he was the founder of three successful real estate development companies. As the CEO of Renaissance Capital, Adam raised $1.5 billion in capital investment. He conserved premier natural landscapes in perpetuity. He spent the last two decades of his life as an impact investor dedicated to the quadrupling the bottom line for people, the planet, profits, and purpose. And he founded the Earthkeeper Alliance. He also contributes to regenerating the earth through the organization 8 Billion Trees. He's super committed to helping people get in touch with their innate power for personal, professional, and planetary transformation. Adam consults on inner wealth, wellness, and inner leadership, working with people and companies to enrich their inner and outer wealth portfolio by integrating science, spirituality, and success. 
He's a lifelong learner and unlearner, which is awesome. He enjoys reading, writing, golfing, biking, skiing, hiking, yoga, and vision questing. And he's the father of three daughters and grandfather of many other little grand uh, babies. And he lives in Santa Barbara, California. And it was really fun to sit down and have this conversation with him. When you get eye to eye, right, with somebody who has been through deep personal transformation, there's a recognition and a knowing. When you've gone through it yourself and you meet someone else who's gone through it, it's like, yeah, I know you, I know this. And we definitely had that experience. So with no further ado, Adam C. Hall. Adam, welcome to the show. I'm so happy to be with you today. Oh, I'm happy to be here, Shauna. It's great to be alive and meeting the challenges and, and living as fully as we possibly can. And looking forward to an exciting conversation and, well, exploration with you and, and your audience today. Wonderful. Well, I'm excited. I, I want to dive into your book um, and I have a lot of questions myself, but before we start talking about some of the specifics of the book, um, you have like from what I have read and then also what I have intuited a very like beautiful and interesting path of awakening, of going within, of starting to understand life like beyond just this third dimension. And I'm wondering if you can take us back even prior to 2012 to what was, what were the challenges in life? What, if I said to you, what life were you leading prior to 2012 and what happened when, when you came to 2012? Well, I thank you for that. And I think it's, 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 you know, important for all of us to be uh, revisit our pathways and our journeys and be, because ultimately you said it was a beautiful life and I have been best with a beautiful life, but I would also say I'm also have received the gift of, of my pain and the journey that I was on. And like many, that's what moved me or motivated me to explore the, the capacity of my heart and my soul and just discover, you know, that purpose, that mission of why I'm here and what I'm to do and how can I serve in the greatest way because these are challenging times. And when that, that journey really began um, when I was 42, I'm 60 now, wow, I'm halfway. <laughs> you know, the great news about being 60 is um, I, I think my midlife crisis just ended. So I'm midway, I'm, I'm going into the good stuff. <laughs> You're like, it's all downhill from here. It's all good. It's, 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 Wind it's, in my face. It's, it's all good. And that, you know, during those early years, um, before I really embarked upon the path or the hero's journey or whatever you, you know, whatever you want to call it. Um, before that journey, I was living the life of what I describe as the earth conquer. You know, the, the kind of the, you know, it was, I, I lived by this, this rule that I heard from this you know, business, successful business guy in real estate and was at a big, you know, mucky muck lunch. And of course it was all men, you know, <laughs> pretty crazy, but it was. And he said, you know, whatever you do, gentlemen, you know, when the sun comes up, you, you live by that law of the jungle, whether the, you're the lion or the gazelle, you better run like hell. 
eat or be eaten. And that is the kind of world that I was living in. And I believe that that world, that, that dominance of that kind of predatory type of competitive type of mindset, win or lose at all costs, you know, has ultimately got us to where we are today. And it's been, you know, very painful and harmful to Mother Earth been very destructive to all things feminine, whatever, whatever that is. I have three beautiful daughters and five granddaughters. And oh. wow. And uh, so my journey was one that re recognized through my own pain of not feeling good, even though, you know, living in the big house and living the good life and these seeming these things that, you know, it was, it was often, you know, Tums and tequila. And Ultimately, I needed to make a choice that altered the rest of my life. So I made that choice to really begin to explore. And that's when I begin to move away from that kind of, I guess, white picket fence, American dream type of life to you know, really investigating the, the, the possibilities out there. And, you know, subsequently to that, that, that journey from here to now is, there's so much more than the 3D existence, as you referenced, and you know the 5D world and the multidimensional nature of who we are in this beautiful, beautiful operating machine we call the human body is, is just remarkable, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's extraordinary. It's extraordinary. And when you were moving through this, like, were there a lot of things changing? Like, how did the people in your life, like show up to you starting to explore these other things, right? Like whether it's your family or your friends, like, did you feel at all like, wow, I'm kind of heading down this road, but I've built this whole world and this whole life that is used to me being somebody else. Did you go through that experience? Oh, a hundred percent. And it was terrifying. And, you know, and it wasn't so much even if, you know, what other people would think of me, or be, you know, rejected because we all, you know, we, we, we want to be accepted. You know, that ego, that place of that, that design is designed around a self-affirmation versus, you know, when we're on the path and we're really stepping into the totality, it's self-realization, self-transcendence. So that initial piece of, of breaking away from that separate ego mindset and it was is terrifying, and it you know I came sent through study and through a lot of research and mapping of my own personal journey to come to realize you know why is it so terrifying and why do we fear so much and maybe we'll talk about some of those things today. But just to answer your question here, and it, it it is it was terrifying and it 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 was risking all to have all. Yeah. And um, and ultimately, you know, that's that's what I did. And it is it is a bit of pioneering in, in our own ways. It is a bit of moving into the unknown because it is unknown and it is about moving into the unconscious and the subconscious in these places, which in the indigenous world, which is a, a path that I have explored and I walk today is, is the path that, you know, it's in the underworld of our lives. And, you know, seemingly that is, is a scary place. But if you think about it, we don't know what the unknown is because it's unknown. So why do you fear what you don't know? <laughs> the idea 
of the unknown and we fear the idea of letting go of the life that we're living, even though that life could be painful, difficult, and in some cases, for some people, God forbid, very abusive, and a lot of other very difficult things. And in particular for women, I think, have experienced a lot of this. But men are very obviously part of that and contributors to that, as we all are. But I was ready to go, okay, I'm ready to step fully into the unknown and see what will be revealed. I love that. And why do you think, because I, you know, I mean, when you're around deep personal transformation, spiritual work, spiritual awakenings, like, you know, the fear part, the stepping into the unknown that you're talking about, it's part and parcel to the transformational journey. And I think everybody, I know at least I did, and, and a lot of people I've coached, you get to these points on the journey where you're like, right, can I just take the light version where I don't have to like face all this stuff? Like, can't I get to where I want to go without having to like swim through this mud, right? Can yeah. I just go around this, yeah. um, right? And so yeah. what is the, from your perspective, like what is the value in that? Like, how do we need to, to frame you know, that's helpful for us, like the fear or moving through that unknown or the really, you know, deep stuff that can feel at first glance, like I'm out of here. I'll just go the other way. Or can't we just like lighten this up a little bit? Like what is, because I think it's part and parcel to the process. Like what are we gathering from that experience? Well, it is part and parcel to the process and it's absolutely necessary. And so let's talk about it. And because the bypass route in the, the route in the journey into simply saying, I'm going to be in the light. I'm purely, I'm going to stay within the, that light, whatever it is. <laughs> and ironically and paradoxically more, the light is found in, through the inward journey of our darkness. And we do see many people on the spiritual path, those spiritual teachers, and people that have come, you know, many who've come through um, more fundamentalist routes, uh, being more of a traditional religious or dogmatic route, or a route uh, that seemingly bypasses the indwelling of our own darkness. And um, and and so I I I know from my own journey of maybe getting lost a little bit and wandering around and doing a a little bit of spike, uh, a little bit of spiritual bypass, it, it's a dead end. You know, at some point in time, either in this lifetime or the next one, if you believe in that, you're going to confront these places and need to go to these places. And what I have found is that in tuning in and listening to those guards, those, those guardians, those guides and, and angels, that you too can be guided through the depth of those dark, dark moments. And that in uh, finding in those places that there's really nothing to be feared. As a matter of fact, what was uncovered for me was just the depth of my heart. You know, that, that, that there's a deep soul within dwelling within my temple, so to speak. That within this man is a, is a, is a, is a divine feminine energy that creates a much has created and is creating a much better man of who I am and how I can be all that I can be as a man and be of service to my children and 
to my grandchildren, my granddaughters, all things feminine, the planet in particular, but but all peoples and all souls. So in that indwelling, there's great treasures. And then to steer away from them, you miss those treasures. To yeah. take somebody else's path, you miss those treasures. The path is each of ours to determine. And it's each of ours to decide how we want to take that path. And the beauty is, is we get as long as we show up and we walk into those proverbial woods of our life, that we will be held and guided into our fullest expression. And that's what I am, I'm finding. And it's real, it's, it's fun and it's joyful and very loving, peaceful. So wonderful. Agreed on all fronts. Um, so in your book, right, you talk a little bit about 2012. I know that was a big year in many people's lives. It wasn't mine too, personally. Um, what happened in April of 2012? Well, 2012, as you have referenced, was a year of prophecy in the Mayan calendar. Many didn't really understand what that was about, or there was a lot of misinformation that it was something like the end of the world or all these other things would come to an end. And the fact of the matter is, it was an ending of a 26,000 year cycle or so. And the, that ending was simply a beginning of which we're just starting to take the first little teeny steps into. And it's, it's, it's just getting rolling into times of great change, both planetary change, and obviously we're witnessing that right now in our, uh, in our outer climate, but we're also engaging all of us in a deep inner climate change. And the pandemic was certainly only an even greater driver to come into a deeper relationship with our own inner climate, our inner landscape, our inner truth of our authentic nature. And back in 2012, in April 2012, I was sitting in, in meditation and I was guided by my guides to take a journey, a deep meditative journey. And through my shamanic training over the last couple of decades, you know, that journey is the journey into, well, the proverbial rabbit hole and into, you know, different a dimension, dimensional space. So I was given a protocol actually of how to connect into a, a different field of energy, a different resonant field that was transcendent of say being me, being in my body and being in my brain and being in my thinking, all of that. And so I would go, uh, I begin these journeys and some the initial ones could be two, two and a half, three hour journeys. Uh, and they would take me into a, a very consistent, steady place to meet with an ascended master. And that's when I begin this journey of 81 days where I met with this ascended master and that master was to teach me uh, and about my own personal truths and wisdom and authenticity and also these 13 universal wisdom teachings. And that these teachings weren't from a traditional perspective. 
They were from a perspective that offered a new view of how to experience and perceive the world. Meaning when my mind and my cognition, my precognitive state was separate in an ego way of seeing myself as a body and separate from other people, plant separate from earth, and in that whole place of what all that design of that separate does, defense, fear, you know, fleeting moments of happiness, states of disease, both literal disease and dis-ease. And in the shamanic tradition, essentially we call this, we're in a state of, of, of death. And so I chose to listen and, and adhere to this master's advice and to follow and pay attention to his wisdom and his teachings so that ultimately I could move beyond the ego separate mind because within itself, as you probably have heard that great quote as some of you have from Einstein, a paraphrase, you can't solve your problem from the level that you created the problem in the first place. So it's a conundrum. You know, why do we feel so stuck on the spiritual path? Why is it seeming like we're not, nothing's going on or we're just kind of going back and forth and defaulting in the same old thing? Because that design, it's designed to ensnare, snare us. We all have a choice for another choice that we can choose. So this 81 day journey was about me making the choice and to choose what I call the genius mind. And that is, that is essentially code for the Buddha mind or the Christ mind or the God mind, whatever you want to call it. But that's the choice we all have. We can choose that ego's mindset. We can choose that great divine genius mindset. And this book sets out on that quest to find the answers about how to bridge those seemingly two different worlds. And that's what it's all about. And that began in April of 2012. Thank you for allowing me to share that. Yeah, it's beautiful. And and you you were not only taken on an inner journey, you were called to go to to a certain location, correct? Yes. Yeah. And what 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 was the experience? Like why do you feel like you were called to the vibration of that location? Well, I think this is important for every, you know, all of us as aspirants or initiates on this path. And, 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 it's, and it's very true. And if you're really for real on this and you want to you want to get down to it and make make your journey and have find out what it's going to reveal and it's going to reveal your treasures and your deeper truth. I, I know that and I can see that with many others, including a lot of the folks that I work with in my work. And that is to, to know this, that in one sense, if we have the information without converting that into direct experience, we don't gain the knowledge and the wisdom. So in other words, a lot of us can read things in a book and we can go to our workshops and we can listen to a lot of podcasts and we can do a lot of these great things that are available to us, but at the same time, we're kind of just can be meandering along. And so, you know, one of the things that I like to say is these are times that are calling 
us to really go quantum, to really choose to leap fully into our greatest expression, if you know what I mean, our deepest authenticity, if you're with me, because the, the conditions, the environmental conditions are available on right now on the planet. They're, the light is available. The change is motivating us. Spirit is inspiring us and calling us. We have the ability to really be our own epigenetic scientist, which means our environments can fully activate our DNA that's seemingly dormant. So when we show up and take the quest, we get to activate. So that journey meant for me to go back to what I call my homeland, my spiritual homeland, which is Peru, which is the mountains, the holy mountains, the Apus, and also into the, the, in the womb of the mother, deep into the Amazon jungle. So the journey for me inspired me to go to these places to take the medicine, to be with the medicine women and men of, of this most holy land for me, and to listen and pay attention and to quantumly evolve, to leap in my own conscious evolution into this place of our, well, genius. So the experience is what makes it all happen. It's what makes it fun. And then it allows us to show up and write a book or share <laughs> a new story together. <laughs> I love it. I love it. It's so true. And I'm glad you bring that up about experience. So it could be even embodiment, right? Like to, to experience something um, is so different than just learning it with our linear mind or listening to something. Um, and it's beautiful to bring in knowledge in any different way. But I just find like, and I, on my own journey, like I had, I was called to a certain location at a certain period of time. Um, same type of thing as an activating, you know, kind of moment and really went there feeling like, why am I going here? Like part of me was like, why am I going? And the other part of me is like, you're going, and this is going to be the greatest thing. So um, I had that voice in my ego and then, you know, the divine just kind of saying, okay, come on, come on. Um, and, and I think it's listening to, you know, as, as things evolve over the next couple of years, it's like listening to those calls and, and the experiences that we can have that, like you say, so beautifully, activate something inside of us. So I wondered if you could share, I'm, we're not going to give all, even close to all of these away because you guys need to read the book, but will you share one of the wisdom teachings? Um, and then you mentioned it being kind of a different lens on some of these teachings. So from your perception, like whatever wisdom teaching you choose, like what was it for you that was impactful about learning it in the way that you learned it, that you're sharing it in the book? Well, um, first of all, I'm excited to hear that you stepped into the mystery and were paying attention, right? I mean, my gosh, and I'm sure there were many things that were discovered there. And, you know, it's these are these little breadcrumbs of love and that call us. And so good on you. I want to honor, honor that because it is, it, is, it is courageous, but it's ultimately showing up and, and paying attention and doing those things. So right on to you on that Shana. and and also i i like what you're uh, you're saying you know we let's talk about one of the wisdom teachings and i'm going to want to share the most critical one the one that uh, that all others are predicated on and all 
of uh, living an authentic, purposeful life that has a mission is predicated on. And I, I want to start my offering that on the path, there are obstacles. And one of the things that I talk about before really dropping in uh, into the path is having clarity of intention, that you're intending to show up for your highest good, for the well-being of your own heart, your own soul, your own wellness, to live fully in health, to feel really good, so that we can be of service to our children. We can be of service to the ones we love in our community. And the planet calls us all right now. We're all being called in our own way. And that obstacle is one that we've heard so much about, which is sabotaging, that we seemingly sabotage ourselves. Like you were referencing, oh, you can't do that. Oh, you're gonna get in trouble. Oh, my, my gosh, that's gonna endanger you. And it's one that is, again, invoking the fear versus the trust. The one that's reaching for hope versus knowing the faith that we are guided and that we are, all of us have a calling to step into this. So that, that, that's something to be very aware of on the path is that self-sabotage. As a matter of fact, I don't begin to even work with anybody or choose in terms of my work to do work unless they are clear about the saboteur and they become aware of that in their life because it's, it's sneaky, it's tricky, and it's stealth and it's invisible. So it's a, it's a vigilance. But once I kind of got through my own process and that was not having such a grip on me that said, okay, I'm gonna go for it. <laughs> you know, let's, let's really show up here intentionally and consciously in, in, in faith, in trust, and asking for those guides to, to, to hold me on the journey. And the, the first teaching that I uh, did with the Ascended Master was, is related to, which I see is a foundational teaching. It's a core teaching for everything moving forward, otherwise we'll continue to function in a separate mindset of the ego. And that teaching is on forgiveness. Now we all have heard all about forgiveness. We must forgive. We must forgive others for, for what they did. And I'm a longtime student, Shauna, of the Course in Miracles, Course in Miracles. And so the root of this forgiveness teaching emerges from A Course in Miracles. And A Course in Miracles so beautifully speaks to forgiveness as, as, as quite simply that we do not need to forgive somebody for what they did. We get, forgive somebody for what they did not do, what they did not do. And what they did not do is they did not remember that we're connected, that each of us are hearts, each of us are souls, each of us are bodies and minds and spirit. And we forgot that. We simply made that mistake first and foremost. And in that process of holding forgiveness in a place for what did not happen as well, because what did not happen was that, for that understanding. And I needed to forgive myself because I 
you've been involved in with other people over the years, like some of you have. Some of you, um, most unfortunately, have been involved in violent situations or abusive situations, whether they're physical, emotional violence, whatever it is, or in situations where seemingly you were wronged. And this is not to deny any of that. This is only to say, let's look at it another way. Because when we seemingly focus on the judgment and what happened, we lock ourselves into that victim-perpetrator mentality. And we become the judge. And in that design of that traditional way of thinking of forgiveness, if you're with me, we lock ourselves into separation. Yeah. We lock ourselves into the ego and ultimately our traumas and our pain become the rulers of our lives and the decisions that we make. And it, and, and the book is all about to stop living in the future's past. Ah. I didn't want to live in the future's past. Forget forgiveness as taught and as shared in the divine genius, the unlearning curve is about unlearning forgiveness as we know it, unlearning the pain and the trauma as we know, we all got it. Nobody has, whether you know it or not, we all <laughs> have this journey. So you're not alone there. And in looking at forgiveness from a lens that says, you know, I need to forgive myself for my being judgmental. I need to forgive myself for forgetting that I am connected with the planet. I'm connected with other people. And I, I forgot that connection. I made an error. I didn't, it's not a right or wrong. It's an error. Every single one of them makes the error. So in doing and practicing forgiveness this way that I detail in the book, it allows us to transcend that event or those events. It allows us to transcend that ego and that pain once and for all. It's too easy to just say, oh, I forgive that person. Oh, I'm, I forgive you. Hey, be, like, we got to get real here. Yeah. That was kind of like, no, okay, whatever. <laughs> but it, then it hangs on us. It hangs. So the idea of forgiveness here is once and for all, take care of it, move on. And ultimately, what I have found in practicing forgiveness every day because I drive down the street and somebody's honking or yelling or whatever people are doing out there in this crazy chaotic world we live in. And I can easily slip into a place of being separate. So I just go to forgiveness, forgiveness of myself, love myself. I love myself enough. I trust myself enough to forgive myself for knowing that I judged. And because it, when it gets right down into the core, there's nothing to forgive. Yeah. Beautifully said. I love that. I love that perception and distinction. And yeah, I think a lot of people, you know, begin with forgiveness work as, and it's really words, you know, just words said that, that don't really kind of move that energy and belief system. And, you know, and that way that we 
kind of imprison ourselves, right? By these things that we've experienced in our life and the things that we're holding on to in our mind body system. So that is beautiful. I don't want to give away any more of the book, but um, but I want I want everybody to have the opportunity to dive into this perspective because I think it's extremely valuable and there's no more important time um, for your teaching and this book and this work. I mean, I've, you've said several times we're being called up and we are being called up in more ways than one um, to understand ourselves, right? To go within and to get to the truth. There's so much, so much illusion and facade that we live by. Um, and, and before I used to say, you know, it was all kind of fun and games. And now it's like, all right, <laughs> this is, this is the time, right? You could play around before, but this is the time to really show up to this. So thank you for being with us. Thank you for showing up to your journey and for writing this book and, and sharing the wisdom that you've learned and, you know, sending it out to the universe and to humanity and the collective. It's really, really cool. So tell everybody where they can find out more about your work. Well, be happy, happy to, and it is, it's just been, it's great to be here with you. I honor you for the work you're doing and all your listeners for showing up on, on their path. It, uh, I'm inspired by, by you and I'm inspired by everyone that is really making, making these choices seemingly sometimes difficult under adverse situations and difficult situations. And, you know, the wisdom of forgiveness is, is such a powerful, beautiful place to begin our journey and embracing our own surrender and embracing love and the peace of who we are and, and really applying ourselves in our most authentic ways, Shauna, to ourselves as, as doers, as people that are divine doing, that are doing here to doing the great work because it, you know, it, while it seems so serious, it's, it's, it's in its own way, way too important to be serious. In other words, we get to have a really good time because in that journey, it's if one of freedom and the magic of, of that child within all of us is, is, is alive. And, you know, we have these times of great change and these, like you said, and this is what brings us together. It's not the things that are so wrong, but the things that are so right and true about who we are. And so I'm excited about this and more, and I'd love for anybody to feel free to get Get a, check out my website. I'm at www.adamhall.solutions. www.adamhall.solutions. Check out what I'm. Some of the things going on there. One of the things I want to make sure you each of you get is an ebook. I put together this great little ebook, and it's you know free. There's not no cost or obligation to it, and you get this little ebook, and I give little a little pieces of all those 13 wisdom teachings. So you can get a taste of those and you can get an insight into shifting your uh, per perception and perspective on some of these teachings. And there most likely may be one of them that could really change or uplift your life and make a difference for you and, and your family and the work you're doing and how well you feel in the world. So on the website, you can find that. You can also just go to Adam Hall dot solutions backslash ebook and you can get that that offering i hope you enjoy it and i hope you uh have a chance if you choose to pick up divine genius the unlearning curve it's available on amazon worldwide you can get it in, in paperback hardback kindle and soon 
on audio. You can pick it up in audio coming up in just a couple weeks. So thank you for having me. I'm honored to be here with you and look forward to more. I'm Shauna Lee, and you've been listening to the Soul Frequency Show podcast. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Soul Frequency. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this show. Join me next week for more powerful awakenings and positive vibes.